listening to Life with Imani Margaria. So I am actually going to be taking a few weeks off from talking about the in- the next section of Indie Authors Tips, which will be publishing your book. And I will actually just go back to the roots of this channel, which was basically talking about uh, life issues, relationship issues, just giving you tips and kind of giving you anecdotes of my life and talking about some topics I've come across <laughs> as I've either looked at other videos or, you know, talked to other people about some of these important issues. Now, th- today I will actually be dividing this episode into two. So first I will be talking about um, dating preferences. So that is a topic I've seen float around all over the place and I've actually seen a lot of videos more from the male perspective. Now, I've been pretty versed with the male perspective and I feel like because of like the friends that I have are mostly guys, so I tend to actually be the go-to for advice for them when it comes to their relationships. So I have a good idea what guys normally are looking for and even I actually agreed a lot with what they were saying, like how let's say for example in a lot of these videos they were talking about like women's preferences and how men can be upfront and say like I look for a certain thing in a woman but then women are just like oh I'm not superficial or I don't look for superficial things and then a lot of the reasons they won't date somebody are for superficial reasons so they're less likely to be upfront about what they look for in a guy now I can't say I'm completely innocent of that I know when I was younger I might actually I might have said a few <laughs> later so basically um when I was younger I used to do that a lot but I think I was very upfront on what I wanted so it wasn't like I was trying to be superficial I was more more like I like a certain guy and I didn't really say it was it wasn't superficial I'm like no this is what I like that's it <laughs> you know so I never really hid what I what my preferences were before but most of these comments or most of these like opinions that the the guys would give were in response to the Jubilee social experience. If you don't know the Jubilee social experience, you probably saw them online. So most likely they would take a girl and a guy and they would do like relationship like in person like Tinder like experiments and experiments and kind of their main reason was to actually show to each one that kind of the how hurtful these are even though you're using an app like tinder or whatever like how it would feel if you were doing this in real life and kind of maybe make them reflect on maybe your standards are too high or just ridiculous you know and so one of the experiments they did which i think has gone viral is one girl with like pink hair and she's got all these guys around her and they have a guy with the same scenario these taped it two different times and so the girl ends up basically her while the guys are coming in like she's telling them what she wants she's not really reading their messages and kind of just saying oh I like a guy like this I like a guy who likes to party and just going through and not paying any attention to what the guys are saying and after each and each of her preferences she loses more and more guys and so there's none and then finally, like, the last one that really drove everybody away was the fact that all after all the guys met the requirements, her last requirement was kind of, like, superficial. Very superficial, actually. It was like, I won't date a guy who's, like, my age or younger. So all the guys were, like, one guy I think was, like, the same age as her. But 
and the other ones were younger. So she says, like, you know, I guess I'm gonna die alone, right? And then, because she notices their ages, and then she's like, bye everyone. And then the guy leaves and he says, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be single for a while. And she's like, noticeably, like, taken aback, even though she literally says the same thing. So going into, like, when her reflection moment, when they asked her, like, what did you take away from the experiment? She kind of says, you know, she feels her standards are, like, basically she sticks to her guns. She doesn't reflect on it. She basically feels like, you know, she's got to find somebody, that Superman, that's going to be swooping in there with all these damn preferences and be perfect for her and is going to accept her. And until then, like, she's basically not going to change anything. Now, flipping over to the Mel's, the Mel experiment. The Mel experiment, the guy ends up basically, when the girls say what they, um, give their answers, he carefully reads them, then he responds. Each and every time he does that. And he adjusts his answers so they're not so straightforward and, like, blunt like the girls was. Um, so, the girl in the last experiment. So... He's carefully, like, trying to reword it so he doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. He's very mindful of that. And then, finally, he ends up ending up with, like, six or seven girls at the end. And when they start doing a reflection, he still says, you know, he's like, actually, you know, I after, you know, seeing how many I lost and stuff like that, he's like, I'm paraphrasing. He's basically saying, you know... I think I should kind of review my preferences and maybe think to kind of ease up on them and stuff like that. So he wants to change. Even though he got seven girls compared to the zero this other chick got. <laughs> the chick got. So it, it kind of reminded me a lot about my guy friends when it's talking about these types of issues. And, you know, my guy friends versus my girlfriends. Like, I can see the almost... When I was looking at a lot of the, the like, the girls' uh, experiment versus the guys, I was just like, God, I have friends that are like this on the girl side. And God, I have guy friends that are like this. Like, almost every one of my guy friends are like that. And it does show, like, a lot of the, the consensus opinion among the YouTubers that I saw, mostly male, where that the reason guy the guy acted differently it was more calculating and actually took into account to everything is mostly guys are the ones that pursue the women now that is true now me as a person who normally pursues the guy or not really pursues the guy I normally like don't get me wrong I have guys that pursue me but when I'm interested in a guy I'm more likely to be the one to start first or I might notice, if I notice the guy's interested in me and I'm interested in them, I'm most likely the one to say something first because sometimes I get, I tend to get guys that are very shy. And I think because of exactly what they said, that guys are always the ones that approach the girls. They're always the ones that are putting themselves out there, not knowing if they're going to get rejected or not. You know it puts a barrier up like so you have to be like they have to be able to survey the field they have to adjust how they respond they have to do all these different things and so this is why he was more thorough and calculating than and more thought out than the girls was you know and I do like like I said I reflect on how 
I am. Like, this is why I also think sometimes when guys like me, they'll either do it from, like, through social media, contact me. Even if I see you, like, every day or I see you, like, multiple times, they will either go through somebody else or they will go through social media. Like, uh, there there has to be a medium to talk to me because in person, for some reason, some people say I can be a little intimidating. And I think it's because I have a wrestling bitch face. But, but it, like, especially when I'm hungry or decaffeinated, nah. So, but not, that's not the, like, I'm not mad or I'm not a bitch. I'm just literally either decapitated or hungry or both. So, <laughs> you know, and so as I'm hearing this from, you know, I'm listening to these guys' opinion, I, I'm slowly, like, I'm like, oh, I get what you're talking about. I understand what you're saying here. You know, so basically I was reflecting on like, you know, yeah, this could be the same reason why some guys will approach you or at least with me approach me through a medium. Some guys might actually have the balls to come up and be like, you know, hey, I like you, you know, and they'll take that shot. But a lot of the guys that I met, they they'll look at me, they'll like, obviously, you know, try to get my attention in subtle ways if I meet them at a bar or something or I meet them like in a public area in a public space they'll give me a nod and a wink but they won't like necessarily approach me so if I if the feeling's mutual I'm more likely to go up to them because I know it could be intimidating for them to actually talk to me so I kind of in a way like kind of eliminate the rejection the fear of rejection that a lot of these guys can have. So, I, like, hearing them talk about it is like they put themselves out there. That they have to deal with rejection. This is why they're more likely to talk like this. They have to analyze everything you say and kind of interpret it. Because sometimes with us as women, we are less likely to actually notice that's exactly what's going on. We don't pursue people. We normally don't pursue men, they come to us. So we're so used to just being the one that's being sought after that we don't take in consideration other people's feelings. And it's unwittingly. It's not like you're actually like a heartless person. It's just like we're so used to being pursued. We're so used to them chasing us. We're so used to them coming to us that we don't normally take in consideration that, hey, yeah, our, our like, you know our response can hurt them or our preferences can hurt them and sometimes a lot of times we'll say our preferences out to them or how what we look for while guys have you ever noticed even if they have certain preferences for girls will not normally speak that they won't say it to us but if we're trying to turn a guy away we normally sit there or if a guy asks us our preferences we're more likely to be very blunt about it <laughs> and there are so many uh problems with that and I am not innocent of that like I've said many times before my younger self and me would not like each other right now that like, I definitely wouldn't like my younger self because I was exactly the stereotypical girl that they were talking about at the time like I had preferences like no other it wasn't that many it was just like I liked what I liked and I would not if you liked me and you weren't in that fall in those categories I would literally just brush you off and I feel like I was young and dumb literally <laughs> Now I'm a little bit more lenient. If I don't like you, I will normally tell you out, out front, but I will tell you in a nice way. I won't be as, like, dismissive. So, yeah. 
But going back to preferences, so the other thing I noticed is that they were talking about superficial preferences. So mostly guys do, they admit a lot of times that they do have superficial preferences. And they do have preferences. But women are less likely to actually admit to it. We normally like say, I just like the simple things, you know, nothing superficial. You know, I like, and then we start listing off the superficial things that we, we like. And a lot of them saying like, you know, wait, so you're calling us out for like the superficial, like if a guy says, I like a girl who's blonde, blue eyed, with big boobs or whatever, that's superficial. Girls will be like, oh, you're so superficial. You're not looking inside. Then, and with the same breath, you know, if they ask you what you like, you say, oh, I like a guy who's tall, who's older than me, who's got a good job, or at least on the same career level. (laughs) Those are superficial aspects as well. So it's like most girls can't own up to that. They're just like, oh, you know, I thought these were just my standards. They're not superficial, you know, because at that time, you're not looking for the same thing. You're trying to get them to like... It's for your personality, but you're not looking for that either. You're looking for all the superficial reasons to date somebody. Now, before comparing, like, I guess, okay. Me now, I am less likely to go for superficial means. I still have superficial standards. And I am more likely, even back then, I was more likely to tell you about those superficial standards I had. I didn't really, not to my recollection, because that's been, it feels like forever ago. But I don't really remember ever saying that I wasn't into superficial standards or didn't have superficial standards. I actually was straightforward with what I liked. Um, Some superficial standards that most girls are like, you know, taboo about, I didn't care about was like height. I didn't care how tall you are. As long as you're older than me, I didn't care. Um, What was another superficial one? I didn't really care much about how much you made. It was just the fact is I attracted a lot of well-off guys. So it wasn't even as much as like I necessarily need a guy that has money. It's it's just like, no, I just attracted guys that had good jobs. Um, I prefer guys to be older. Uh, height wasn't a thing because I've dated short guys. I think if I go through my exes before my last serious relationship it would be probably mostly short guys so yeah I didn't care about height uh what else ethnicity was not even a situation like literally my sta- my my slogan was like as long as the guy's hot I don't care <laughs> so yes I'm very superficial <laughs> um working out like you had to be like fit you know like that was my thing like you had to be fit for me to be attracted to you like you had to go to the gym because back then I was always in the gym I was always working out so I needed somebody who was always doing that too because I would feel weird if I'm going to the gym and you're staying at home or you don't want to go with me you know because what's the whole point of having a boyfriend if you're going to the gym by yourself you know and since I was type of like when I go to the gym guys always check me out at least having a, your boyfriend there, especially one that's like just as fit as you, you limit the amount of men that are actually gonna approach you. Because they see you walk in there with your boyfriend, they're less likely to approach you. So for me, it was like a safeguard. Um, versus my preferences today. So those are like, I think the only ones I can really remember because that was a while ago. <laughs> um, 
the other preference I have, which actually stays pretty, it's kind of like a, it, it, it's a so-so requirement for me, is like, you have to be a martial arts or into like things that I like, like video games and stuff like that. Like a guy that was into that, being martial arts and into video games and, and anime and stuff like that, because I like those things and I wanted somebody who could be into them. Back then, I really didn't force the anime and game stuff because I felt like people would tease me if I told them into that stuff. <laughs> so friends would tease me like, oh, you're so like, why are you into that? That's for kids or whatever. So I wasn't really, that wasn't something that I necessarily said the martial arts thing was fine because I wish somebody say something bad about that because I would probably floor them, you know, drop their ass on the floor and kick their ass. But, <laughs> yeah, that was me back then. <laughs> but the martial arts thing, it, it's kind of like a requirement for me now, but not necessarily. The reason I say martial arts is because it's different if your partner, since I do practice martial arts, and my partner doesn't practice it, it will f- mess with my practice of it it messes with my training so that person will more likely want me to spend more time with them and cut down on my training so if I want to start competing again it's going to be like a competition between us spending time together and me training if I'm dating a martial artist I can train with them you know and I don't really like it when sometimes you have like a non- martial artist with a martial artist because they are trying to train the other you can do that but they have to be committed to it they can't just be doing it because you're doing it because they'll give you as much input for the first half of the relationship once it starts getting rocky they're gonna fly they're gonna be like oh i don't want to do that i'm not even passionate about that's your thing or whatever you know you're gonna get into fights because you're not giving them enough time and you're go back to where you were if you were with somebody who just does not like martial arts or doesn't like a non-martial artist like they're already a non-martial artist but somebody who puts on that front and is not dedicated to martial arts is probably more toxic than someone who just does not want who's just not into it so for me at least i prefer someone who actually either trains in martial that someone who trains sorry about my voice guys I've been talking for so much that my voice is actually, like, done right now. So, what other things am I into? I feel like another thing that I'm into. I'm about to put a cough drop, guys, so excuse me if it sounds like I'm listening. Um... Preferences and stay holds to this day. The age thing, I really don't care about age. But I prefer a guy who's closer to my age. Because my whole thing is like, you know, I get mad or I get annoyed when people are older and you go and try to wifey someone younger. Especially one that's younger than 22. The reason for this is 23 actually. The reason I say this is because if you're older and you're trying to get somebody who's like 18, 19, 20, they haven't gone through, or up to like up to 21, if you haven't gone through that, that year of like rebellion or like having fun in the 21 to 22 age, and you try to wifey someone who is basically um, younger than you, 
if they like if you wifey them or you marry them at a young age you have a higher chance in my eyes at least I'll actually look more into this and mostly post it on my website. Any findings I do, I'll do an actual um, research on this. I've noticed you're more likely to break up if you date someone younger because they're sacrificing their youth for you. You know those wild years you got to have? They didn't get to have that. They didn't have all the mistakes that you were able to have. And yes, someone who's like in their late teens, early 20s are more likely to be dedicated to you, but that's only a s- for a short period of time before they end up realizing, I lost my youth because of this person. Like as soon as you start getting into big fights and you're trying to force them to be something they're not, they're going to look at you at with, with disdain. And they're going to start to detest you because it's going to be like, you stole my youth from me. And then once they get out of the relationship, they're going to go into that 21-year-old party phase that they were not allowed to have because of the relationship. And that's what you ever see. Like, I notice this a lot with guy friends of mine who are in long-term relationships. Even my ex-boyfriend, before we started dating, he literally, I thought he was younger than he was because I met him at the bar a bar in Hoboken and he literally just got out of like he was he wasn't the same age as me he was like nine years older than me at the time and I didn't realize that because one he looks young and two he was partying like he was like 21 and around a whole bunch like people my age so he told me like he had literally been in a five-year relationship with some with a woman that was older and she wanted to settle down and she was in that moment where she was ready to like have kids but he wasn't in that mindset at the time and so he wanted to party have fun something he didn't get to do so i feel like the one thing i noticed with a lot of people and mostly kind of men and women but mostly men you'll see this more frequently is that if they don't go through that party phase from 21 to 22 they're more likely to leave the relationship like they'll stay but like they're gonna resent you at some point they're going to be like you know especially if you you're somebody who's older and you're pressing on like responsibilities that you would normally not press on somebody that you like a loved one at that age they're going to resent the fact that they lost their youth to be in this adult relationship they are not ready for mentally so I do have a problem with dating someone who's younger than 23 just because I want them to live their life before I decide because I'm looking for like I'm at a place in my life where I'm looking for a serious relationship so that's my preference like I, that's what I want and I feel like somebody who's younger than 23 you're still trying to actually you know you're starting to live your life you're starting to get your own foothold in the world and you being with me at this young age you know you haven't gotten to do that yet I feel like I'm robbing you of the moments and experiments I got to experience so I'm just not that selfish (laughs) I feel like you know some some of you guys might disagree with me but that's just how it is for me so age is somewhat of a situation for me height is 
I prefer someone who's my height or taller. So height is now a situation for me because I do, I don't normally wear heels, so I won't use the heels excuse, but I do like someone who's at least my height and taller, and that's because I do wear flats a lot, and I do like to take photos, and for me, and I know this is very shallow, it's optics. I always used to get, because I was very tall when I was growing up, and I was around kids that hadn't grown, that hadn't, like, had a growth spurt, so I was always on the tall side of girls, and I always used to get mocked because of that, and so I dated a guy when I was younger who was smaller than me, and so people would make fun of that, and I, people call me giraffes, like, I had all these, I was picked on. I don't want to feel that way around a guy again, so I really, if I date someone that's smaller, you know, it does the optics, it, it kills me. Because I'm going to, even if no one says anything, it's still the optics, it's still there. You know, now, even though I will be a little bit taller than the person when I wear heels, if you're my height or taller, at least, you know, you're my height. So, since I normally wear flats anyway, the optics, you're still there. You're still at my height. But do I have to have, like, NBA status players six foot tall or more not necessarily if they are you know they are doesn't matter I just prefer that you're taller than me uh what is the other one that I had money I don't really care now I feel like it's more if you have a job that's stable I don't care what you're making as long as you you're in a career that you love that is my preference when it comes to like finances if you're doing a job you're happy about and the reason I am for that is because or I'm looking for a guy like that is because if you're happy in a job that happiness is going to transfer into a relationship so when you're passionate about your work you're gonna bring that passionate and that like glow that you get from doing something you love into the relationship now, yes, there'll be some stress because of that, but I'm going to be able to notice because I have my own stress but while writing. That's my passion. So I can literally look at you and be like, okay, I understand why he's stressed out. He's stressed out because, you know, he's focused on work. But that's a different type of stress. It's not personal. It's not something like, you know, when you're coming home. It's not frustration because you don't like it. So it's not a toxic type of stress. It's just because you're trying to perfect whatever your craft is or whatever your job is. And you're trying to focus on something. You're trying to make it better. You're trying to make the experience better. So it's easier for me to navigate. And it's also, it makes our relationship more, it's easy for me to encourage you in your work if you're doing something that you love. And that's like a lot of times when I talk to friends and they're like, I hate my job. It's so stressful. This is, I'm frustrated with it. And I'm telling them, if you have enough money to save up so that you can have, pay your bills, Maybe trans- start transitioning into what you love. If it's something that you need to have funding for, work at this job a little bit more, but try to transition into the new job, into your new career. Uh, what else? <laughs> Where you live, car, I really don't care. As long as you're paying your bills, I really don't care. You know, you could be still living at home with mom and dad to help them pay bills, and I would be completely understanding of that. You know, but the whole thing is if you're trying to stay there because they're doing your laundry or whatever, that's a problem. If you're open to moving, if the relationship gets more serious, then that's fine. Um, what else? I feel like I said like a whole bunch before and I can't remember any of them. 
my main preferences are just that you're a nice person, you're open-minded, you like the arts and stuff like that, or even if you don't like the arts, you're open to the arts. So if I decide, like, most of my dates are, like, going to, like, a museum or the ballet, the opera, things like that, if you're willing to actually go with me, if you're willing to enjoy it or at least give it a try, then that is something that I need as a guy who's open-minded, someone who's not closed-minded, someone who's like, I don't like this, so I never tried it, but I don't like it. I know I'm not going to enjoy it. I need someone who's very open-minded, someone who likes kids, of course, because I am looking for a lifetime partner, not someone who's just like, uh-uh, that's going to happen, like, in the future, I'm talking about 10, 15 years, I ain't waiting for you that long, you can go fucking find someone who's going to be there in 10, 15 years. I'm just not one of those people. I'm just like, if... Now, I'm not saying I want to get, like, knocked up in the next year. I'm just saying <laughs> that when I talk about somebody who's look, who's open to a future, that doesn't mean that I necessarily want to rush to get married or have kids. I'm just saying that if you are open to having a future with someone, that means that you're open to actually progressing in the relationship. So you're open to, like, that means you're more likely to progress or be open to love somebody. You're open to actually be committed to that person and be willing to let that person know that you're committed. If you have restrictions on a relationship, like you're not ready for kids, you're less likely to allow the relationship to progress. You're going to drag the relationship along and less likely to actually say stuff like, you know, I love you. Open up your feelings. Like, tell them your feelings and things like that because you're going to be restricted. You're restricting, you're restric- you're restricting yourself from actually progressing because you don't want you like you have a fear of commitment your fear of like progressing into like a more um mature relationship so that is definitely a, a preference that is important to me uh what else so we gotta love kids animals yes i'm not somebody who's like animal right PETA supporter like if you wear fur I'll like hunt you down I have no like my opinions on that does not matter right now but you know you have to be somebody who likes animals like you don't have to like (laughs) hug every dog or cat that goes by I actually advise against that but you have to be somebody who is empathetic to other living creatures and that's mostly why I say when I say you have to love animals, it means that you're empathetic to other living creatures. That you have to understand that they are living creatures who have feelings. Like we do. They feel pain. They feel love. They feel everything. So you have to be open to that. You know? And it also shows that if you are willing, if you show empathy to creatures that are not necessarily human, then you will actually be more uh, level-headed in a relationship so if things happen like let's say a spontaneous pregnancy or something like that you're less likely to act irrationally or react in a way that's like more harmful like or if I bring up again this goes back to like the commitment issue so it also shows me that you're willing or open you might be open to actually starting a family or getting moving the next step in a relationship 
other ones I said the martial artist thing stays <laughs> well actually no the, my whole thing is you don't have to be an actual martial artist because I have friends who are not necessarily martial artists but they use martial art, arts to help them in their fit, in their training whether they do stunt work whether they do tricking whether they are acting and they need to be more agile so they they either need to learn certain martial arts to get a part or just need it for their resume you know so they can get more options other thing you know that's fine i'm not like judging you on that that's fine the fact that you even train is something that i like so yeah but I prefer that you're someone who, if I was going to train in martial arts, I don't have to worry about it being, like, a struggle between you and, like, training. Like, you would be more willing to actually go train with me, to spar with me. Because I do like training with my partners. I do actually, like, you know, actually bettering myself and my form through working out with a partner, hopefully, that is just as skilled or more skilled than I am. So I think that's why when I say martial artist, I know I'm narrowing the playing field, but it really does help me to kind of perfect or better myself. So yeah, those are all my preferences. I don't really think I have any other actually. Uh, so going back to like why this is a hot button issue like actually being able to hear like a lot of these men give their opinion especially on this jubilee uh, experiment the jubilee experiment sorry it actually opened my eyes to like a, how trivial sometimes my preferences were when I was younger I can't remember all of them but I know I was younger and I probably had like a whole bunch of preferences until I got into my a serious like four and a half year relationship with my ex and then I kind of like those preferences went out the window you know even though he met a lot of my preferences I learned how to be a little bit more grounded maybe not give so much way into like superficial preferences and actually like kind of um look more into the person so Regardless of why we broke up, I did learn a lot from that relationship, and so I'm grateful for it. Um, now that, and also hearing these guys, because like, like I said, they reminded me of my guy friends. So like, you know, when I had problems with relationships, I go to them for advice. And most of the time, when I'm acting irrationally or I'm just like bitching about nothing, like most of the times, I, I, I would do at the beginning of a relationship. They're like, yeah, you need to, like, you, you need to stop. <laughs> like, you're getting worked up about nothing. So I had to actually learn how to reflect and kind of, like, take it down, like, a thousand notches and realize, like, the actual meaning. Because a lot of them say you read too much into what the, the person says when, when the truth is they're just telling you how it is. There's no hidden features. This is, they're telling you exactly what they mean. So I'm over, like, I would overanalyze a lot. Now, this is such a big issue, I feel like, especially with girls, because I will actually reopen this topic in a roundtable discussion with a few of my friends, and we'll talk a lot about 
how this is kind of like like you know basically their preferences and maybe how it even they could be considered superficial and maybe it's like you know if we if you kind of like trim those down maybe we might find someone who better suits you so that way you can get like opinions from other people other than myself because me right now like I'm not looking for anything but doesn't mean I'm not talking to anyone well that's to be continued I will not answer in that I would plead the fifth on that one <laughs> but you know I am not the type of person at this moment to be focusing on a relationship as much as I'm focusing on my career so that is where my head is at if a relationship comes or goes you guys will most likely find out eventually who knows maybe by the time I go to London I might reveal if I am or am not actually no I'll do that so if anybody's curious about me because I know a few of you guys are then I will actually reveal it for my birthday so if there is any person that I'm serious with I will reveal it on my birthday for you guys <laughs> that's that's in September September 29th when Scarlet Moon drops so now going back to the preferences so that would be I feel a great episode to have because then you get different girls perspectives and I feel like there's so many videos of guys perspectives yet there is not a woman's perspective on there might be a few but not as many of this probably should be on YouTube about the situation because I feel like me and my friends are so different when it comes to what we expect from a guy and I'm a little bit more probably mentality wise a little bit leaning towards guys perspective where I'm less likely to put up fronts I'm less likely to play games in a relationship my last relationship I was the one that approached him first because I do tend to get guys that are very very shy like I said before so I had to be even though he was like flirting with me I had to be the one to approach him first so I had to be like on my game <laughs> oh what else so basically because I'm a little bit different from my other friends like my most of my friends my girlfriends at least a good portion of them are more like the girls that you see like more super, like the girls you see in these Jubilee um, compilations or these experiments where it's like you know they're not aware of how superficial your standards can be I had to be open up to that by like my ex how superficial my standards could be and that's how I had to change so I had to actually see it for myself before I can actually change so who knows maybe the round table talking it out among other women can actually open up our eyes to like you know maybe we gotta change a few things before you know settling down seriously with someone now what do I want you guys to take from this section of or the segment of this episode is basically if you're a woman and you're trying to like get a relationship if you're like whether you're in your early 20s late 20s early 30s if you're still single because you have you're saying guys I have all these standards this and that you know yes it's okay to have standards yes it's okay to be like you know have like like what you like 
But you have to know the difference from having standards and being, and actually just like having standards that are important. Like maybe because you want to start a family, you want somebody who's a little bit more family oriented. You want somebody who's most less likely to be in the club. You want somebody who's less likely to, um, somebody who likes children and animals so you know they have empathy towards them. Just like I've said, with were my standards. That is fine to have, just recognize that you have them. And the thing is, with even with a lot of these YouTubes, they were not bashing women for having standards. The thing were that women don't normally realize that they have standards most of the time. Most women don't. Like, until I was called on it, I know I didn't. And I still have friends that don't realize they got standards that are, like, ridiculous. You know? And so, if you want to change that, if you want to find love, you have to be willing to just basically, one, be open to new things. Like, you can't judge everybody. You know? Unless you really are just like me at times where you're just like, I'm not interested. At the moment, I'm focusing on me. But... At the same time, if something comes, I won't necessarily shut it down. Then that's fine. But you have to be open about it. You have to be, you know, transparent about it. And also be a little bit empathetic to how the guys feel. Because there's times, and I am guilty of this many times in the past, of not being empathetic and realizing that guys have feelings too. And realizing that they can get hurt, they can, you know, they might not show it because the whole machismo thing, but no, they can get hurt. They can, like, your words hurt, your actions hurt. They just are less likely to show it. And if you're going to turn someone down because of your preferences, first see if the preference is ridiculous. If it's something like height or something, maybe see if you can adjust it and give, like, at least give them a take. And see if you connect. If you don't connect because of that, then that's fine. Or just because you don't connect for other reasons, that's fine. But let them down in a way that is gentle. Don't be too harsh. Realize they have feelings at the end of the day. And the fact that, especially if they approach you too, give them the type of like, give them the credit that they actually took the time and the strength to actually approach you. And that is very hard for most men to actually be able to approach a woman because they have their, they have the same fear of rejections as we do when it comes to other circumstances, not necessarily relationships. The difference is they are so used to it or so used to like, you know, the, the percentage of like the chance, the risk of rejection that they're already somewhat conditioned to kind of withstand it. So they do it like, you know alright that's fine you know they'll brush it off but that doesn't mean like when they still go home that might sting a little right so just be mindful of it uh, when it comes to guys you know I, this was not I don't even think this segment was really meant for you guys I think this is mostly meant for the ladies because I feel like watching these videos for me at least opened my eyes to like a lot of my tendencies and kind of, kind of got me like looking at like, oh, maybe I should have a little bit more compassion, or maybe kind of review my own standards and see if they're too ridiculous that they might actually be kind of like disrespectful to some people, or you know, kind of check myself if somebody does approach me. 
now so that's basically what this was about like you know with guys you know if you guys like a girl be mindful of like how you approach them you know it's great to have your standards more most likely guys don't normally approach girls unless they like you so they're not most likely to like judge you based off your standards but also understand that if a woman does turn you down in a respectful way don't be cross at her don't poke at her features just be like you know i understand be adult about it don't try to be like oh you ugly anyway or try to like you know attack them because they're trying to let you down you know i know it hurts but you don't have to like be aggressive towards them so that's it for this segment guys thank you for listening and see you in the next segment where we're talking about mental health actually just like how to de-stress so i'll give you some tips on that in the next segment so stay tuned probably have done a segment about this many times so how do I de-stress um I've definitely mentioned this many times I don't know how many I don't normally go back and listen to all my episodes um but I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before but I will mention it again since I do get this a lot because my life is stressful you know I have I work and on top of that I write so I'm doing my passion and when you're going when I'm writing and stuff like that and doing what I love it's stressful because I have my self-imposed deadlines that I have to do to make sure I get things out to my uh, readers and listen listeners if you are a part of my uh, mailing list so I have to do that on top of like everything that has to do with work and things like that in life so I have other things that I have to work on each and every day. I have the goals that I have to meet each and every day. And that can be stressful. So just like any other person, when you're under a lot of stress, it can show in your health. And I tend to, for me, if I get too stressed, I get migraines. And then I have a tendency of wanting to just sleep. Or trying to just like, I wind down and I'm less productive. So what I actually do and what I just started doing again actually is, you know, exercising is a good thing. Doing cardio is actually really good for getting your mood high. Drink lots of water when you do that. Um, Also yoga and stuff like that is very good. Um, I'm a martial artist so I will do my katas and things. Um, I also drink green tea. When I'm trying to decap, well, not decaffeinate, but when I'm trying not to get as anxious, like the, when I'm trying to get rid of the anxiety I normally get from drinking coffee, I'll drink green tea. Because when I drink green tea, I still get the caffeine to help me stay up, but I'm less likely to get the jitters, the side effects I normally get from drinking black coffee when I need, when I'm on a deadline. And because of that, it actually, since it's a natural detox anyway, my body feels much more 
relieved and I'm able to actually like focus a lot more um, I also meditate so when I when I'm not like doing yoga and stuff like that I do tend to meditate like I, if you guys haven't noticed I opened up my reading time playlist which basically is a playlist of classical and like soundscape music that I use when I'm reading books that I'm going to review and so I, I kept that open because one I was too lazy to start it off private and two I feel like it's just a harmless playlist and it really does help so I was just like it was there's no reason to actually like make it private but if I'm trying to meditate I have like an actual meditation time playlist where I just listen to the soundscapes or the like well soundscapes yeah the soundscapes and just kind of like meditate kind of like let all the negativity just ride off my back and then I'll just kind of like forget about things for at least like 20 minutes to help me kind of just cope and so that really is an important part of me de-stressing and I know for like students and stuff like that it's probably the best way like if you're on campus and you're trying to de-stress you have a big you know test or something up you should try just like if you want like if you're on like Maybe go into the library and just sit down in a corner of the library and just like play some soundscapes in your ears and maybe just sit there and meditate for like at least like 10-15 minutes. You'll feel a lot better and don't think about anything while you do it. Just sit there and just like think of nothing. And I know a lot of meditations, guided meditations will tell you that. No, just literally just don't think of anything. And the reason I say a library is because the library is normally already quiet. So if you play your headphones at a level that no one else can hear, you're less likely to be disturbed and you're less likely to hear anything that disturbs you when you're sitting in the library. Um, these are just tactics I use. I dealt with stress for so long and during, sometimes I forgot to actually do a lot of this and would have more stress than I needed or wanted actually and so it would just be the stress would build up so much that I would just implode so that's why I had to actually use different methods like if it wasn't sedentary meditation it was moving meditation through um, Tai Chi Tai Chi I use as it's a moving meditation <coughs> sorry and it helps to also balance you out so Tai Chi really helps just like just get rid of negativity and since you're also moving too you're helping to strengthen your body you're helping to actually balance your mind and your body by practicing Tai Chi you normally in karate my main martial arts that I practice we use the katas are kind of like when you're doing katas it's like the Tai Chi movements you're doing a movement the Tai Chi movements are just like moving katas except for the katas are the form that most people call them actually if you do them at a slower pace than normal then you can actually do it in a meditative space or a meditative way 
and that's actually what my teacher Hanchi Herman actually taught me is if you do it in a slow paced way you can actually be more you can continue to like remember the moves and stuff like that and at the same way you're like balancing your mind and your body and you're not losing the mechanisms the form and stuff like that you're actually practicing your karate and your kata at the same time you're also de-stressing and that's basically what martial arts is for me anyway I can't wait to actually start practicing again later this year and start training but those are ways that I actually personally I will de-stress it's not this is not a big segment this is just basically letting you guys know so for the second half of this I guess of the segment because I feel like it's only been like two seconds um, I want to thank everybody who's read the previews so far and given me, like, uh, readers that enjoyed it. You know, I always love getting reviews from actual readers. And like I said before, I can always tell who's a reader and who's an author. So far, the ones that are advanced re- readers are most likely, uh, they're all readers from what I can tell. They're not necessarily, uh, authors. Now, there's no, no problem being a reader and an author, but like I said in past episodes, if you cannot dissociate yourself from both, you can sound overly critical about the dumbest shit. And you can't separate the small mistakes from enjoying the story. So, I can always tell a reader from if they actually grasp the story. I can always tell it from how you react to the story. I can always tell from your emotions towards in your reviews, you know, so you actually have grasped, like, you know, lore and stuff like that. You are able to actually pull out characters that might be minor to some people and actually be like, oh, I like this part. I like this. I like this. And this is why I love reading your reviews. And I can always tell who's who before I even touch anything. And I'm like, oh, this person's the author. And just by reading the review, I'm like, and I click on the thing. Oh, yep. Author. Because I noticed this happens a lot, especially when authors, other indie authors, are reviewing other indie authors. They're always more critical. But if, God forbid, you're reading somebody from, like, a mainstream author, then they're all up their ass. (laughs) That's it with my rant. Okay. So, answering questions for you guys. So, anyone that's asking about Memories of the Prodigy, I will continue to write that next month. So, I will be updating that chapter by chapter I actually will be I edited the the first four chapters I believe are up recently so I will actually be posting that probably next week once I've finished giving this the ARs um I will post that next week and then I will send my if you're a part of my mailing list then everybody should get a link to that book and then I will do the same for uh Yu Show essay and I actually have lots of things planned coming up later this year. Um, I will be working with a few artists to make artwork for those two titles. And I will be working on light novels. So I have definitely said this before. But I'm telling you guys this now. So I will actually be co- well, I will be writing. I will be doing the writing. But I will actually be working with some talented writers in Asia. China, um, Japan, and Korea will be doing collabs 
on work together. So basically, they'll be drawing the comics. They'll be doing the drawings, and I will basically give them the designs or exact the description of it and which scenes to um, make into like which ones to draw out. So this is something new for me because I actually have never like I've actually maybe read a few light novels or watch animes that were adapted from light light novels and so I know how it works you know it's pretty similar to how I write it's just gonna have pictures I haven't decided if I'm going to have light novels or even manga versions of my book I have been approached by a few people who would like to do that I don't know yet because like again the pacemaker just came out so I'm actually just glad that people like it so I hope you guys would enjoy that if that happens. So, and I feel like if there is a, a manga version of it, people are more likely to, I feel, they're more likely to read it when it's visual like that. So it would be, we would actually have to like, they would just be translating the novel into a manga since it's already in a novel form. I don't know how to say it so I have lots of things that I've been working on in this month this is actually another reason why I've been pushing stuff back so especially with this because it's I have gotten other opportunities and these actually the light novels and the manga will actually be run through my publishing company so we will be hiring people to work with so we're doing collabs and we actually be working with them under my label so I will actually be doing that very soon. Hopefully by the end of this month, I will have everything ready for the digital launch party for my publishing company, Lily and Margaret. And everybody's invited. I will actually put an event out. I will probably start sending out invites for my publishing company probably by the end of this month. Um, also, hopefully I can get, um, we'll be launching the site around the same time. My site is still under construction, so it looks like hell right now. <laughs> We're working on it slowly, but I, like I said, I'm focusing on eyes getting it out there to my advanced reviewers, so I don't really have time to oversee, like, designs and stuff right now, and I have work, too, so I, I'm kind of balancing everything out. That's what I say. Join my guardians. When you join my guardians, the more subscribers I have, they, you're basically making it so that I can spend all my time working on writing. For right now... I have to balance it between work and my writing so I have to push stuff back to basically be able to pay my bills and things like that and at the same time be able to get my book to re um, put my book out there more so I actually will be doing a few things like uh, we're gonna be putting book videos out soon for both the pacemaker and eyes and Scarlet Moon will come out in September so <laughs> just stay tuned I'll be doing a few book cover review reveals coming up at least. Like, hopefully within the next few months, probably in late April after Eyes has dropped, you'll be getting a new book cover review. So I have lots of things planned. I am balancing lots of things at once. I am trying to save time focusing on my health. So I'm exercising, getting back into the, the rhythm of that, trying to eat right. I'm trying to balance my um, job at the same time my writing so it's a lot that I'm working on right now 
so I really hope you guys continue to support me those of you guys that support me thank you very much those of you guys that are in my mailing list thank you very much I hope you guys continue to support me um I still have the YouTube videos coming out and my vlogs I won't like I said before, I won't be showing every aspect of my life, but I will be doing videos for you guys so you guys can see my pretty face. <laughs> and you guys got to get like personal messages from me. And it actually saves you guys some time, some reading, because if I can put a video up instead of putting like a long ass email, I feel like you guys will more like, you're more likely to actually watch it. a video than sit there and read what I have to say. So I will be doing that and I have new people that are joining the Ico's Treasure crew and my um, publishing crew, mostly family. So I have um, new reviewers for Ico's Treasure, some family, some not, um, some are fellow authors. So I'm glad to have a lot of them on the crew. We're going to be make, adding new people to the team. So we'll be designing, uh, Ico's Treasure will be designing. Um, for right now, we're posting in as it goes. We're trying to get more traffic to the site. So hopefully we can actually get more authors to participate in uh, spotlights. We, we're getting more viewers, so hopefully we can put more reviews out there so we can share it with everyone. So there's a lot that's coming up in the next few months, so stay tuned. I might be quiet, but that's mostly because... You know, I have lots of things on my plate right now, and I don't normally don't put anything out there unless it's finished at this point or it's done. So I thank you guys for listening to me. I hope you guys continue listening to my channel. I hope you guys continue to support me. Every time you listen to this, this does help me because it helps my podcast get reached by other people. Please share. Uh, follow this podcast if you have not I don't know if you can do that is that a feature <laughs> I'm sorry I am really bad with this whole podcast thing um I still don't have fancy equipment so this is kind of like what you're guys getting are unedited unraw I mean un unedited raw. okay you're getting unedited raw material I literally do this in one take so if I fuck up I literally delete it and start all over again so I hope you guys continue to support me. I definitely love the fact that I do have lots of supporters so far who are following me in my mailing list. I hope I get more and more readers. You know, this is my second book that I published, but the first one that I'm actually like generating some type of traffic. Um, I have a percentage of you guys that are actually invested in my writing and I love it. You know, I hope I can get more actually follow and actually interested in me because it means a lot to me that I even have this amount so when I start doing my videos I hope you guys watch it I will be posting those on YouTube as well so definitely subscribe when I get that up there um, I have so much that I, I'm gonna be putting out there in the next few months and I hope you guys love it I will be posting again on Instagram I have been gone for too long but not anymore um, I will actually be posting on my main page, so I know a lot of you guys are like, why don't you post selfies? Why don't you do this? I'm like, I just wasn't into posting selfies on my main page, um, on my public page. I don't normally on my Instagram. I just did not feel like publishing it, any photos, especially when I was busy focusing on my book. 
I just not big at like taking photos right now so <laughs> I just needed a break from the main and but I will be posting again so you guys have actually been asking about me and stuff like that and inquiring about me and I really love that a lot of you guys reach out to me I cannot get to everyone at once but as soon as this copy is out I will definitely send this to everyone all my ARs that I have actually had a lot of people that are actually interested and I'm so happy you know I don't even think I have the correct number when I send out the preview so I'm pretty sure I have more than I have listed there so I am just so happy to send this out to you guys I should probably end this now <laughs> so I can get back and stop procrastinating so thank you so much for listening to Life of Monty Margria I will see you next week